Aloha. Welcome to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. Each week we talk about health and fitness, but nothing replaces a visit to your own primary care provider. Today we're going to be talking a little bit about what you can do to keep yourself healthy and one of the favorite exercises for a lot of us, which includes walking or running outside. I have Dr. Spencer Chang. He is an orthopedic expert. Hello. And he is at Hawaii Hi, Pacific Kathy. Health. Thanks yes. for having me. Happy to have you here. And he loves to run. So we are going to talk a little bit about, is running good? Should we do more of it? And we'll talk a little bit about a run that's being sponsored by Hawaii Pacific Health coming up. The Great Aloha Run that's always on President's Day, yeah? Yes, on February, 20, uh, February 19th. February okay. 19th. Um, uh, let's clarify that. I actually don't like to run anymore. I was more of a sprinter. Um, and I guess one of the things that y- you might know is that I did coach for the University of Hawaii. I was a volunteer coach in the pole vault, of all things, from 2004 to 2017. So I've had experience with runners because I was part of the track team, not only as a coach, but also as the team doc for the University of Hawaii and became really good friends with some really great distance coaches. And as part of my interest and as you know, my specialty as an orthopedic surgeon in sports medicine, I do like working with people who are runners. And so I guess that's how I end up getting roped into these type of things to talk about these type of stuff. Um, but quite honestly, I, I had some foot injuries, knee injuries, and I'm not really, uh, even though I like, I used to like to sprint, I'm not really a distance runner. But we can talk about those things those things because I know a little bit about them. Well, you know, distance is all in the eye of the beholder. Some people say distance is two miles. Some say it's 10 miles. And some say it's a marathon. But I think for a lot of folks, they might have a little hesitation, particularly you know, sometimes if you haven't been a runner in, in your life and you decide, hey, you want to do an activity like whether it be the Great Aloha Run or at 5K or something along those lines, what are some of the basic ideas on how to get started on that? Should you always sort of walk before you run? Or if you have arthritis, should you not do any running and not have that impact? What's the general feeling on how to get up and get going and be healthy? Uh, yeah, that's a great question. I think Obviously, it's important to be cardiovascular fit, you know, to keep your heart healthy and and get your cholesterol down. And, you know, it's, it's, it's good for your endorphins in your brain so you feel good and those kind of things. I think the one thing about running is that it is repetitive. Uh, and if you do a lot of running and it's kind of a repetitive pounding type of thing, then potentially it, it, it can be injurious more in the long run. You don't typically get like acute injuries like you might get playing football or you know some type of contact sport or um but i think in a sense of overuse injuries runners do get overuse injuries sometimes we'll see stress fractures sometimes we'll see plantar fasciitis or achilles tendonitis and those kind of things the key thing to remember is you know you want to do things slowly get into it don't do too much too soon so start walking first yeah, like walk before you run is a great way to, to start. You know, before you do anything, obviously, you want to meet with your primary care physician and make sure that your heart is good enough to do some type of exercise. You know, if there's any question, then maybe you'll do a stress test. But if you're in relatively good health, I think a good way to start with exercise could be walking. Now, one of those things that we want to do is you probably want to get some good footwear when you go out for a walk. And I think I see a lot of foot injuries or foot problems just because 
you know, it's repetitive in nature. And if you have a shoe that's too tight or maybe it's just not well supportive or if the cushioning in your shoe isn't too good, you know, sometimes you end up getting repetitive overuse type of injuries and most of the times it's just me trying to figure out okay where is it too tight where is it you know does a patient pronate or supinate too much you know those type of things um, but there's a lot of factors going into it and I think just for I think a good rule of thumb would be well get a shoe that fits your foot you know and maybe it doesn't have to be the prettiest shoe but it should fit your foot it should be comfortable the first time you step in it doesn't always mean it needs to have a lot of cushion or has a lot of support it depends on sort of the mechanics of the way you run and sometimes if you have a foot that's different maybe you have a diabetic foot you know maybe you're going to get more support more cushion but if you have a normal foot maybe we want a minimalist type of shoe so there's a lot of different factors to consider um, i think in general but you want to get something that's going to be good for you and you want to exchange it often. I mean, I think sometimes people don't realize if you're walking every day, if you're doing whether it be exercise walking or just going to work walking, you don't want to wait two or three years to get a new pair of shoes. It's There's a reason why you should be checking the tread and making sure that you're replacing them often. Yeah, I think that's a good, that's really good advice. I think, you know, you should be removing or not removing, but changing up your shoes every now and then. You know, here's an interesting fact, though, and and I think I think one thing that we maybe culturally and in the last you know century or so is that we're more shotted people. You know, we're you know cavemen weren't shotted, and they seem to probably have gotten around pretty well. <laughs> um, and the the thing is that our mechanics are kind of dictated by the shoe wear we, we use. And I think, you know, in like 1972, when Nike came up with a shoe that had more cushion in the heel, now we could all of a sudden run heel to toe. And that's not a very good way to shock absorb the impact on the ground. And so, you know, walking, yeah, you're going to walk heel to toe. So walking is not going to be too much of a thing. But if you're someone who maybe is shotted all the time, maybe your foot's kind of weak, you know, maybe you have more pronation as a consequence. And so the people in Hawaii is kind of cool because we wear slippers and we go barefoot. And so your feet tend to be maybe a little stronger. But I think, you know, if you're always wearing shoes and things like that, sometimes you're going to need more support. Um, a lot of things to consider. But I, th I think in general, if you have a shoe that's worn down and that's a good shoe for you, you probably need a new one. Okay. And check them out. I think a lot of times people don't look at the bottom of their shoe and they don't realize how much of a wear pattern there could be. Don't be afraid to go get another pair if you'd like it. Yeah, absolutely. We Even if you don't like it, get them anyway, right? <laughs> gotta, yeah. We probably got to plug, you know, the, the Great Aloha Run a little bit, right? So um, it's on February 19th. It's the 40th year that it's being run. Um, it's a 8.15 mile, kind of a weird number. 8.15 is like a third of a marathon. Um, and it goes from Aloha Tower to Aloha Stadium. I think the nice thing about it, of course, how do you register? You, you know, I don't remember the website, but you, if you just Google, you can just Google Great Aloha, Great Aloha Run, and, and you'll find you it. And I, I think it's like 60 to 75 bucks, maybe 40 bucks for children or something like that. Um, there's also a virtual option. So that I like the virtual option because you could be in Japan or who, wherever, I think. And um, and you could do it. And what it does is it does contribute to sort of 
HPH's mission of taking care of people. Um, and so I think it's a good cause. But the other thing about it, too, is we're talking about, okay, when should somebody get in and how much should they do in terms of getting started with exercise? And this is a good way. You don't have to do the 8.15 miles all at one time. You could do it virtually and you could literally walk 100 meters a day. Well, not quite, but you know, <laughs> you could break it up in segments um, and whatever it is from now to the 19th, you could break it up in segments and, and do it that way. So you don't have to walk 8.15 miles all at one time. That might be good if you haven't been walking a whole lot. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. When we come back, we're going to continue our discussion with Dr. Spencer Chang. He's an orthopedic expert about what sort of medical conditions might you want to be careful with if you decide you want to embark on any kind of activity and what's the best way to keep your body feeling healthy while you do it. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Welcome back to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak, and I'm here with Dr. Spencer Chang. He is an orthopedic specialist. He is at Hawaii Pacific Health. He has practice at Polymomi Medical Center and also at the Kapolei Straub Clinic. And right before the break, we were talking a little bit about if you wanted to get started and maybe consider doing the Great Aloha Run. It's a great source of charity for a lot of the different organizations here in the islands. And, you know, what always would potentially scare me is I haven't been walking or running eight miles Am I going to be able to do this? And you just said there's a virtual option. So if you want to participate, you don't have to do it all at once. You don't have to suddenly go out there and get up to 8.12 miles or however many. You could actually start doing your training, start doing your walking, kind of build yourself up to that. So that, Absolutely. that definitely makes me feel a lot more relieved to know I don't have to do it all at one time. But let's talk a little bit about what sort of medical conditions might make someone need to be careful. So we know that you mentioned repetitive activities sometimes can put some stress on folks. And in some cases, you know, they may, as they get older, develop some problems with arthritis of their hips or their knees or their ankles. I've seen some of my patients when they're older who used to do a lot of running have to stop that for a variety of different arthritic reasons. What is the current recommendation for people who have arthritis of like their lower extremities, their hips or knees or ankles? Should they keep walking? Should they keep doing stuff? Or should they try and find a different activity, biking or swimming or something else? Or should they do a combination of both? I think a combination makes a little more sense. I think basically the thought process you should go through is sort of like you have one set of tires and the, the tire treads are going to wear down over time and at some point it's going to blow and then in that situation you'd maybe need a knee replacement or a hip replacement or whatever arthritic area it might be. And so what you're trying to do is prolong it as long as possible and if you're talking about a repetitive activity like like walking or running then there is going to be more chance it's going to wear down. So let's say I have a car and I drive my car on rough roads all the time, then probably it's gonna wear down more quickly. And so you wanna maybe drive the car and then let it sit and do something else at other times. And there's other ways that you could do aerobic you know, exercise 
other than walking or running. And you could certainly swim. You're in Hawaii. You could swim. You could do an elliptical trainer or you could do a stationary bike or biking. And I think that's a good way to mix it up. Some people like to walk and run. And I think it depends just what's more important. The endorphins that make you a happy person by walking or running or is it you know you want to prolong yourself and you really don't want to get that hip replacement you know or that knee replacement so i think it depends if your cartilage is completely normal go for it do whatever you want and i think the other things that you might have to consider is is you know the people who tend to wear things down a little bit more um are the ones that are really doing high impact type of activities and then relative to that might be their, if, let's just call it the BMI. You know, if their BMI or their weight relative to their, you know, their height is, is too much, uh, the joints are just going to take a beating. And, and so sometimes maybe we want to start with a lower impact thing until we get to an appropriate BMI. And at that point, I think it's maybe safer to do more impact loading. Um, maybe a third factor would be the mechanics. So like if you're a runner and you have poor mechanics, if you're a heel toe runner, you're going to wear, wear down things more quickly, probably, you know, and I, I think, for instance, um, there's a great book called Born to Run. Um, and that book, there's, they talk about um, the Tarumara Indians and they, they ran basically non-shotted, you know, with like moccasins basically. And, as a consequence, um, but well, for one thing, they were able to run like ultra marathons, basically, as a culture, right? Wow! And how, how I did can't they? Even how did they, that. Yeah, how did they, how did I they don't do think that? I'd be good at that. Uh, well, because well, what, one, they were fit. Two, you know, their BMIs were good. But more importantly, they, their mechanics were really good. So if you shock absorb in a way, and you run in a way where your mechanics are good, you shock absorb well, and. Um, and you're not going to jam up your body like you normally would. And so I think, you know, one of those things that plays into it, too, is the way you run. And I, I, I like one of um, the Hawaii Running Lab, which is run by Michael Garrison, Dr. Michael Garrison. He's a good buddy of mine. And he is um, was a coach with me at the University of Hawaii. Um, and he, he basically is like a, one of those coaches out there and he knows a lot about running mechanics. So plugging him, but I, I think like someone like that could help you with your, your training and the way that you run. So let's say you wanted to really, uh, be, you know, you, you want to be a great runner and you want someone to coach you. Um, I think someone like a, a good coach, like Mike Garrison, who knows a lot about running mechanics and training regimens and diet and all this other stuff. I think putting all those things together uh, would make a lot of sense. Now, sometimes just winging it and going in all, all, all at once and, you know, maybe you hadn't been training and you jump in and you do an 8.15 mile run, um, you might come out with a, a stress fracture and I, at the end of the race. And I've seen that happen, you know. What causes the stress fracture? What leads to, because a stress fracture is a little different than a standard kind of fracture. So what's the difference and what is it people are doing that lead to that? Uh, you know, what What happens with our bodies is that we're accustomed to a certain level of stress, right? So if my body's accustomed to running five miles a day, then it, it shouldn't be too much more of a load to add to that. But if I never run, I never walk, 
Um, and maybe I'm sitting at my desk all day long. I'm not really stressing my body in a sense where now my bones are going to get stronger. My joints are going to be relatively stronger. The muscles are going to be stronger. Um, maybe my mechanics won't be good. And so as a consequence, you're going to do something perhaps where the bones won't be able to accept the stress that it needs to be able to handle plus your mechanics are off and plus it's repetitive. And so it's just, uh, you know, it's a failure of the bone structure just because it's not strong enough to handle it. So in order for things to get stronger in our body, we unfortunately, we have to build it up and that takes time. And so sometimes doing a little bit too much too soon gets you into trouble. And that's how we get these overuse injuries, which is relative to each person at where they are at in terms of, you know, how good in shape that person is, how strong their musculoskeletal structures are, you know, so. And if you get a stress fracture, your first step is not to keep doing the activity. Right, right, right. <laughs> We're going to have to unload it for a bit because we have to let it heal, right? Um, so there's a threshold. I think if you go beyond that threshold and, you know, even as elite athletes, when I'm coaching an elite athlete or or, you know, or taking care of an elite athlete, you want to push them as much as possible. But at the same time, you don't, you don't want to go beyond that point where now they're going to get a stress injury and set them back. Because the other component to that is by stressing the body, then it's going to get stronger, right? And then the bones get stronger, the muscles get stronger. Um, and there may be from a neuroscience type of standpoint, you know, the connections um, are going to be more wired so that maybe your mechanics are better and so that you're able to handle um you know activities that you're now doing in a more efficient way all right i'm dr kathleen kozak we're talking with dr spencer chang about what are some ways that if you decide this is your year you're going to exercise some more you're going to get out there do some walking do some running maybe even do the great aloha run what are some of the tips and ways that you can do that in the healthiest way possible? When we come back, we're going to talk some more about body mechanics and how to know if you're doing it the right way or maybe you're not. We'll be right back. Welcome back to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak, and I have Dr. Spencer Chang here. He is an orthopedic expert with a practice at Polymomy Medical Center and at Straub Kapolei. And right before the break, we were talking a little bit about making sure that you're doing things in a proper fashion. You know, you talked about having a running coach. You mentioned that you have trained in the past pole vaulters and other elite athletes, trying to help them to do things that help keep their body healthy and not necessarily things that could cause injury. You mentioned that, you know, repetitive stress builds up the strength of the bones, builds up the strength of the muscles, and it may, in fact, cause some positive changes that make our brain and our body restore those connections so that we're used to doing it the right way all the time instead of just occasionally. So there's some definite 
benefits to having an expert take a look and see what you're doing and make sure you're doing it correctly because you know you could have injuries otherwise we talked a little bit about stress fractures and if you get one of those you kind of have to lay off doing the activity for a while absolutely so what do you think the for people who want to get back into cardio who have concerns about injuries what's what are some of the ways they can approach exercise, maybe starting slow and build up over time. And what would be, for somebody who says, I want to I wanna start a program, what would be an average amount of time for them to start, for example, getting prepared if they wanted to go from I'm not a runner to I want to be able to run maybe even, you know, five miles. You said that as a distance. Should somebody expect that they'd reach that level in the course of just a couple of weeks, or should they kind of expect they might need some more time to build up that level of endurance? Wow, that's that's a loaded question <laughs> because everybody's different, you know, is everyone's different. There might be someone who could get get up to that within a couple of weeks. There might be someone who it might take months to get up to that. You know, there's yeah, I don't think there's any way to answer that question quite honestly. I think. You know, let's pull back the Great Aloha Run into this. I think, you know, what you want to do is probably start with something that is attainable. So walking for most people should be attainable. But 8.15 miles is actually quite a bit, you know. So I think if you were to, if you were not walking at all, for instance, you're not doing your 10,000 steps a day and that kind of thing, I think doing 8.15 miles in one setting might be a much, might be a little little much, you know, unless you're, maybe you're really young and you're just the pillar of health and that kind of thing. But you got I that virtual option. You got that virtual option. I'd say go for the virtual option in that setting. Let's say that you do walk 10,000 miles a day. I mean, 10, miles, 10,000 steps. 10, steps. I, yeah, that'd be pretty amazing if you could do 10,000 miles a day. But if you do 10,000 steps a day, Let's let's say that uh, you know I think I think more than likely you probably would be able to do the 8.15 miles and should be pretty good about that. I th- I think you know y- you could do it. It would take longer than your normal walk, and I think if you do it at a pace that's reasonable, you know I think you have to be relatively realistic. And I think pacing is a good idea. You know you don't you don't want to like sprint the first half and then be done, and you know so you can't make the rest of it. But you know, certain things I think that are important along the way, like you probably want to stay hydrated and, you know, you don't want to get overheated and you probably want to have good shoe wear before you do it. Um, but let's also have fun with this. I think when you go, maybe find a couple friends to go with um, and do a reasonable pace together. Unless you're pushing yourself and you're trying to get time, then you don't necessarily want to walk with your or run with your friend. But I think uh, make it a fun thing, you know, um, and I think that's kind of what the greater whole run is about. It's more an idea in a sense of let's do something that encourages people to be active and healthy. And I think that's really what the greater Aloha run is all about. Well, and it certainly makes sense. You said pace yourself, stay hydrated, don't get overheated. It's outdoors. So some people who are not doing a lot of their exercise outdoors have to consider some of the elements because there are parts of it where, you know, sun is right there. And depending on how quickly you get to that destination, you know, it might just be really hot outside. So what are some of the ways that people can know if they're staying hydrated, if they're hydrated enough? Are there physical signs that they could feel that could help them before they get to the point where it's trouble? 
Uh, certainly. You know, I, I think your normal mechanisms of cooling yourself should kick in. Like if, you, if you're dehydrated, you're not going to perspire. Um, if you're overheated, you might feel flush. You might turn red. Uh, you might start feeling fatigued. You might even get dizzy, you know, or your heart might start to race a little bit. Um, so those are signs. I think if, if, if that's happening and there's going to be water stations along the way. So make sure you grab some water and, you know, I think if you're walking it, chances are it's not going to give you like a, you know, like a, uh, pain in the side or that kind of thing. But I, I think the hydration is really a key element. You know, I think if anything's dangerous when you're looking to these long races and things like that, the, the two main things that are dangerous and very rare, by the way, you know, it would be like a overheating situation where you get a heat stroke or perhaps you have something cardiovascular happen to you like a heart attack. But the, I think, you know, it's February is relatively cool, you know, um, couple of years it rained it seems like it always rains on that day yeah 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 um you know and it, and you know it's on asphalt right so the, the the heat is reflecting off the the black asphalt and at what point should you go with water versus some of the other sports drinks like gatorades or power aids or some of the other type of electrolyte based drinks does that make a difference i think that's that's a that's a interesting question i think you know and so, some some people will say that with the the sugars, so to speak, and those sports drinks, that it absorbs a little quicker and maybe you hydrate faster. Uh, I know that it's a huge marketing thing. And then when I was coaching in you know Division One athletics and working with pro athletes, you know Gatorade or something similar to that, a sports drink was always available. Um, but you know, I think a lot of people are moving back to to just just water as well as a way to hydrate. I don't, I don't know if there's, I don't know, scientifically, maybe I haven't read any articles to know which one is better, so to speak. But I think certainly you want to stay hydrated with something that's not caffeinated, you know, because with caffeine, you'll get dehydrated. You probably don't want a, a drink like a Red Bull, which I find really ironic because I work with the World Surf League and a lot of the athletes that I take care of in the World Surf League are all sponsored by Red Bull. And, you know, I won't put anyone in trouble by saying anything, but the bottom line with, with Red Bull is, is probably it's not a good thing to drink before a sports event, right? Because it's highly caffeinated. Um, plus, and caffeine kind of acts like a diuretic in a way. Acts it like makes a diuretic. You lose fluid. Yeah. Even though you think it gives you energy, you're actually losing all the hydration you, you thought you were getting. Absolutely. And so, and, you know, in that sense, um, it's, it might, you know, dehydrate you further. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So don't have caffeine. Uh, consider water. It's always pretty safe if that's what you're used to drinking and used to bringing along with you. You mentioned there's a lot of water stations. Of course, there are. There's also bathrooms, so you don't have to worry. Don't don't get dehydrated because you're afraid to drink because then you're afraid to have to go. There's places along that route that you easily could. So they do try and make sure that that's taken care of, which is which is always good. Now, for those folks who who want to get back into the exercise, you mentioned sort of start slow, build yourself up, maybe start taking a walk today, 10, 15, 20 minutes, kind of get out there and get some fresh air and see how your body feels. I think that's a great idea. If you want to do the Great Aloha Run, go for a, a, a walk, challenge yourself, maybe 
maybe maybe start out with like a mile half or two mile walk and see how that goes and if that goes pretty well then you know increase it slowly see how you feel make sure that you're well hydrated i think for people who are maybe worried that they might get into trouble then don't do the type of walk where you're walking in one direction and because you have to end up in the same place where <laughs> you, you ended up at home. some point right so <laughs> i think you're not necessarily walking in circles but you know you want to do something similar to that all right well i do absolutely appreciate all of your advice that's dr spencer chang he is an orthopedic expert at hawaii pacific health primarily at the polymomy medical center and at straub clinic in kapolei Thank you for sharing your expertise Thanks for with having us me. today that was fun. on The Body it's always Show. A, always Absolutely. great to be on The Body Show. We'll definitely have to have you on again. If you'd like to hear the show again, you can click on hawaiipublicradio.org. Follow the links to The Body Show. You can also find us on the HPR app. Our engineer is David Chong. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. We will see you here next week, as we do every Monday, right here, 630 on The Body Show. We'll see you then. 